traveling through another dimension. Another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. But of mind. A journey into a wondrous land. land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. In the last episode, I closed the door in our road to the Twilight Zone 2019 coverage. We had speculated, we talked about news stories, and we talked about our hopes for the new show. It seemed that there was nothing left to do but wait. But this is the Twilight Zone, and that door never stays closed, especially when you get the chance to speak to the people who are making this new show happen. Tonight, I got to speak with Twilight Zone executive producers Wynne Rosenfeld, Audrey Chon, and Glenn Morgan. And this is significant because not only is the Twilight Zone going to debut in three days and they've taken time out of their schedule to come and speak to us, but it's also significant because, believe it or not, and strange as it may seem, when something like this debuts, it's often the fans who are left out of the conversation. But I really think that it's a testament to the character of Wynne, Audrey and Glenn that they've chosen to come and speak to us and do this. And surely it bodes well to us as Twilight Zone fans that they felt like it's important that they do. So what a wonderful opportunity and what a gift to be able to speak to the people behind this series. So without further ado, let's listen to when I spoke to Wynne Rosenfeld, Audrey Chon and Glenn Morgan. Hi, is that Wynne? This is. How are you, Tom? How are you, man? Very well, man. It's good to speak to you. Oh, good to speak to you, to you too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I guess as I've already expressed on Twitter, I'm, I'm such a big fan of of uh, you and what you do, and um, uh, it didn't wouldn't feel right to not talk to you uh, at some point. <laughs> oh man, that that means a lot. Thank you so much, Win. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Well, thank you. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Uh, it's very good, thank you. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Maybe could we just begin with, you know, if you could introduce yourselves and explain what your roles are in the new Twilight Zone series? Sure. I'm Wynne Rosenfeld. I'm an executive producer on the new Twilight Zone series for CBS All Access. I'm Audrey Chan, also an executive producer on Twilight Zone. And I'm Glenn Morgan. I'm an executive producer on Twilight Zone, and I do what? Simon, Jordan, Andre, and Wynn tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. He's also a comedian if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I guess the, there came a point when, you know, the prospect of doing this show came up. And because the original Twilight Zone casts such a long shadow and previous Twilight Zone continuations had quite a mixed reception... When the project came your way at Monkey Paw, you know, was there any trepidation about actually doing it at all? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, I mean, the, the biggest the paradox of this project for us, which is, I guess, appropriate for a Twilight Zone situation, is that, you know, it's something that we really loved more than anything, and we're also terrified because, um, you know, we really 
uh, we all worship at the at the uh, the Church of Rod Sterling, and certainly would never want to take it on if we didn't feel like we could at least um, be able to deliver something that honors what he did um, in a in a meaningful way in 2019. Once you decided to do it, you know you can have the best science fiction story in the world, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily a good Twilight Zone story because they have a, a kind of flavor all of their own. So. What do you think makes a good Twilight Zone story? And how did you relay that to your writers to say that this is what we're looking for? I feel we talked about this extensively in terms of what really differentiates this show and what the DNA of these episodes are. And, you know, obviously tone is a big thing for us. Mm -hmm. I think George will often say, um, or he recently actually said at Paley Fest that, uh, you know, Rod was a humorist and Jordan obviously is in his own right as well. So having a mischievous tone in the types of stories we pick um, and how we execute is a big part of the DNA of these episodes. Um, You know, they, we also um, have a saying that all of these almost function as personal nightmares. Mm -hmm. So we often craft our stories in that way as well. And I think another you know, there's a couple other big things, but the twist, the twist at the end, you know, it, for all of us, big thing and yeah. something that's incredibly distinctive to the show. Um, it's kind of the built-in structure that we've embraced from Rod's original as well. But um, I think that's kind of maybe the big pillars of what these episodes um, we look for in all of our episodes. Now, you know, obviously, we're living in a different world now from the original Twilight Zone. And in those days, you know, Sailing would do an episode, Matheson would do an episode, and so on. But, you know, a lot of shows these days, especially the, the kind of serialized shows, have a writer's room, and they will come up with the season-long story arc, and then the writers will go off and do their own episodes. So with this being a different kind of show, how did this aspect of the production work in the Twilight Zone? Well, it's funny. I mean, this, I mean, I think our version um, came about in uh, a, a bunch of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. We did, uh, you know, early on, we, and I think the seed of it was really, you know, Jordan and Simon and Audrey and myself in the very early days, just, you know, trying to, you know, wrap our heads around, well, what are some things that are cool that we think would be uh, uh, fun story ideas? And a lot of those sort of initial germs um, were things that when we opened the room, you know, we um, had a little grist for the mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once um, we started from there, that room generated some other ideas, developed those ideas. And then ultimately what we ended up doing was really, you know, um, you know, farming episodes out to both people who were in the room, from people who were, um, uh, you know, other writers that we admired and liked and and of course, uh, you know, once we got uh, lucky enough to tempt Glenn to join us, um, you know, he was a, uh, a, a, you know, a powerful force in the room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, individually as well. Um, so it's, it's funny, there was no real formula for it this year. Um, it was really about, you know, what served every idea and every story the right way. Good, good. So, you know, stories are one thing, but then you, you've got to kind of work on the look of the show the aesthetics, the music. I, w- I was really pleased when I heard the music of the show. Yeah. 
you know, could you talk a bit about the design, what you were going for with the overall aesthetic and look of the show? Actually, design was something that we started really early on in our process. I think, um, you know, a few months into the writer's room, we decided that we wanted to product, uh, we wanted to hire a production designer and have the design actually be part of the storytelling. Um, we also knew that, you know, a distinct challenge we have with this show is that we're doing these one-off episodes, but they almost have to feel there has to be continuity. Like they're all, all you know, the same world and show. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we hired Michael Wiley, who's a superb production designer, and we started to talk to him about how do we create, you know, a world that felt kind of like Rod's that's very grounded but slightly off. Yeah. And so we, you know, started those conversations really on in the process. And again, it informed our storytelling uh, as well. I think what, what I was kind of impressed with as well, the, there's a very kind of timelessness to the fashions that you use. It's very classic design, you know, uh, and it, it's almost kind of future proof in the show because the original mm-hmm. Twilight Zone you, you can still wear those clothes. They don't look old-fashioned. And, and I think there's some nice kind of choices here as well with, with how everyone looks in the show. I think we, we actually did go for a timeless feel across the board from production design costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously even the music embracing kind of what Rod did with the original, but updating it. So that's great that it's coming through. Now, Early on, one of the first episodes that was announced was Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. And, you know, the internet kind of exploded saying, oh, my goodness, they're doing remakes. Now, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have an issue with that. But now I've seen the episode, I can see that it's not really a remake. Were, were remakes ever a consideration? Or was it always going to be like, no, we're going to do a whole new a whole new slate of stories you know i think i think with um jordan said early on you know the the twilight zone isn't broken mm-hmm. and that we are you know if we try to get um clever in the wrong way um uh we are uh making a, a terrible mistake because you know it's a the show itself is um you know pretty pretty damn close to perfect for us yeah and so when you look at something like um, Nightmare, which is the original is such a, uh, a, a, a iconic piece of television and um, really so tonally perfect and clearly grabbed the imagination of the world. And then it already had a remake that was also wildly embraced and was beloved by another generation. It never felt to us like we would be adding anything to the conversation by just doing that again. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, you know, for us, you know, if, if we're trying to stay true to our model of what would Rod Serling do, I don't think Rod Serling would be covering himself, you know, and we don't want to do cover songs either. Um, the show is very rich in homage. You know, it's, we certainly, um, you know, and I'm sure you'll notice, you know, as the, as the season continues to, um, to, to roll out, um, that, you know, we, you'll see parallels and storylines and, yeah. and characters and iconography and it, dialogue and names and places and all kinds of things like that. Mm. Um, but, um, we, it was pretty important to us in the beginning to not, um, uh, to not just do remakes. Great, great. Okay, I um, you know you touched on something there that I, I really enjoyed about 
the episodes too. It, it can't because I don't think anyone should ever explain what the Twilight Zone is. But there's some just some nice hints there that something bigger is going on here, you know. So I think that was really pitched nicely in, in your episodes. Thank you. We seem to be living in a very divided time. And if people are opposed politically, then they seem to be opposed to everything about, you know, that other person. Now, Sailing's Twilight Zone had a point of view, but in today's political climate, can the Twilight Zone still present a point of view without alienating half the audience? Well, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I think... I think, you know, we, you know, I think that the, you know, the, the Twilight Zone is, um, has always been at its core, um, moral Mm -hmm. and has taken morality very seriously. And so, you know, we, um, you know, and, and of course, as you say, you know, people are divided on what right and wrong is these days. Um, we can only express, um, as creators kind of, you know, what we think is, is right and wrong. And I, I think what you find with a show like The Twilight Zone is that, in fact, despite how divided we are as a, a country and a world, um, we may have more in common than we give ourselves credit for on the on the average um, uh, cable news uh, network cycle would uh, lead you to believe. Great, great. Now, um, I read that Jordan was initially quite hesitant to be the narrator. Um, You know, thankfully he did because, you know, I think he's perfect to do it. Did, did you guys have to convince him to do that at all? I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it was a, um, you know, it was a, it was a a long road for him to, to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think in part it was because, you know, um, he was afraid that people would, well, for, well, first, you know, his are very, very big, humbling shoes for him to step into. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Rod Serling is truly one of his idols. And um, so it's always that's always scary to live up to that legacy. Yeah. And then, two, I mean, you know, this is Key and Peel, right? This is a iced tea baby. This is a you know, this is a guy who is, you know, f- has a face that's very recognizable for some very, you know, comedic um and uh and uh you know outlandish um looks mm. and so he was just afraid that if people ended up you know the camera panned over to him it would sort of take the air out of the whole proceedings by kind of making it feel like um uh, a joke um and um it, you know we are we are very happy that um that he realized how masterfully he could do this because we think he really did and you know, Jordan is in some ways kind of a, a you know the perfect person to do this because, you know, he is a you know a, I think you know I I would not be quoting I'd be not be quoting myself by saying he's really the the modern the, you know the modern master of, of genre mm-hmm. and you know a somebody who is you know uses science fiction and horror to tell stories about the modern condition I think is sort of respected as such and at the same time. You know, there's always been a wink in Rod Serling's performance as the narrator. You know, there's always been a little bit of, you know, what we have sort of looked at as like a puckishness or a, there's a little bit of um, mischief there. 
Yes. And uh, if if the narrator isn't, you know, um, at least 50 percent Loki, um, <laughs> then uh, he's not doing it right. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what I picked up on. You know, the just the slight little maybe wry smile or the twinkle in the eye. I think he, he does that beautifully. I know um, you had the premiere the other night and um, Carol Sailing was there. How's the reaction been from the Sailing family? You know, it's been incredibly supportive. I think you, you, they've seen a number of remakes get done in the past, obviously, but I, I feel like... Um, they're very much, you know, they acknowledge that Jordan's kind of the perfect person to be the narrator. And they're so excited that we're embracing everything Rod did with the original. So they're incredibly enthusiastic and supportive. Great. And in fact, I, without um, without telling, you know, uh, stories out of school, I, I, I would say, you know, Carol, who is a um, really remarkable, as Audrey says, um, support to the show and, a, uh, you know, and obviously a, a producer and someone who was very important that, you know, obviously she she knew the man better than any of us. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember very early on when we were talking about, you know, sort of how we were thinking about doing it. And she said, well, you know, I, I hope I hope you choose to have a narrator in the show. And we said, Oh my God, of course, Carol, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and part of what, you know, her point was, was that, you know, that's a, um, a key part of what the, what the show is in that it's this sort of omniscient, you know, uh, presence who adds a certain amount, uh, a dose of surreality to it. And yeah. at the same time is also an avuncular, you know, warm, presence in a way who is something that you can sort of count on as um uh your your guide through the mm -hmm. twilight zone and and so um we she was enthusiastic about our approach and and we were really happy because um we wouldn't have had it any other way great great if we could maybe finish up um if we could just go the, down the line and each of you maybe pick something from the new series that you can't wait for the audience to see you know that could be a whole episode it could be a particular performance you know pretty much anything but something that you're really looking forward to people discovering about this new twilight zone glenn you go <laughs> uh, it's a tough question it's like asking you know which kid of yours you like the best you know i um there's an episode about a um Mission to Mars, it was directed by this guy, uh, Jakob Verbruggen, mm -hmm. that is just visually astounding. It's like very different from any of the others. Every performance, every week, um, Jennifer Goodwin, Adam Scott, uh, Chris O'Dowd, every week there's just an outstanding performance from, you know, mm -hmm. actors that you don't expect that to come from them. Everybody, Adam... Scott is known mainly for his comedies, and I, I sounds like you've seen that episode. I mean, yeah, he yeah. did that a thriller really, really well, and that's um, every week. The, the the guest cast we have, their performances are outstanding, and as well as Audrey did a great job of finding some very young uh, directors that uh, you know probably I don't know if some of them were alive during the reboots, but you know, and right. um, they just bring a a, a great viewpoint as to what uh, this is all about. Great, great. Um, you know, like for me, look, I, I, uh, I you know, I, 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 I agree with uh, with Glenn. 
I mean, I think there's there's a ton of um, surprises and and fun stuff, and I I can't I, it's, it's you know trying to trying to pick a favorite episode is um, totally impossible. I will say um, I'm really looking forward to the point when the whole series is out there because mm-hmm. I feel like um, when um, when people uh, get to the end of uh, 110. Um, uh, I, I think they're going to be, um, really, uh, delighted and surprised. Okay. You should have, you should have us back on then. Have back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The door's always open. Go on, go on, Audrey. Well, I, I actually feel like these guys actually said it best already. Mm-hmm. What's going to be interesting is that I think, you know, these episodes, although they're within like, a, they're all kind of a, Twilight Zone, they do range a bit in tone and what they're tackling. So I feel like people are going to have different favorites. Um, but I, I do feel like the surprises, particularly in um, casting and what we're seeing people do. I mean, we have Stephen Yoon in one of Glenn's episodes, and we actually had him in the role, mm-hmm. but he came in and he that he should be. Um, you know, the kind of more mischievous, puckish-like character in the episode, and he was right, and we're glad we took that flyer and went for it. Um, you know, and you saw the episode with Kumail as well. Like, yeah. I feel like we haven't... Kumail is an outstanding actor and creator in his own right, and it's it was fun to kind of see him stretch his acting chops into areas we haven't totally seen um, in some of his other work. So... Mm-hmm. You know, super excited for the audience to kind of check all that out. Great, great. Okay, well, that that's all my questions for today, guys, except, you know, I'd just like to say that this podcast, you know, it's made by a fan, it's supported by fans, and it's listened to by thousands of fans. So it means a lot that you would take time out like this to speak directly to us. So, you know, thank you for that, but also... Thank you so much for your hard work bringing the Twilight Zone back to us. You know, we appreciate it. We're rooting for the show. I, I've loved what I've seen so far, and I hope this, you know, this is the first season of many. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for taking the time, Tom. And 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 keep up the great work. Um, uh, you, you know, your your show is just a, a must-listen for uh, Twilight Zone geeks like us and uh, everybody else, so... Um, wish you uh, continuing success in that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So once again, thank you to Wynn, Audrey and Glenn for taking time out to do that. You know, the series debuts in three days and they've come and spoke to us. Like I said before, I really think it speaks to their character and their class. You know, what fantastic people to take the time to do that. What is really evident from that conversation and from pretty much everything we've seen about the production so far is that respect for sailing and that respect for the original material. So I think that truly is the end of our pre-Twilight Zone 2019 coverage. Now I do want to correct one thing that I said in the last episode. I said that the first episode was going to be replay because that's how it was showing up on imdb but actually the first two episodes to drop are going to be the comedian and nightmare at thirty thousand feet 
and then replay is going to drop on the 11th of April. So all the other arrangements are the same in terms of getting your thoughts onto the show about these new episodes. So stick to those dates and hopefully we can make this a great event and a great document of our feelings as Twilight Zone fans towards this new show. So that really is all that is left to say. So I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy this time because it's our time. The Twilight Zone is back and I couldn't be happier. So I will speak to you soon. <laughs>